You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. And this week we're going to continue on with that, but what we're going to do is we're going to see how Jesus really does give us rest. And I don't know where you are right now. I don't know the the busyness of your life, but I can imagine that during this season, the, the middle of October to the end of the year is crazy. And it is, it's like that for me in my life. I was telling my wife the, the other day that, man, I just, the, the rest of this year is, is chaotic. There's meetings, there's planning sessions, there's work, there's this event and this event, there's all these holidays for the family, there's a lot going on, and it would be so easy to get trapped in busyness, become overwhelmed, and forget that we have a Jesus who loves us. And I think we do that often as the church when God is is standing there and He's saying, hey, come to me, right? Come Come drop all your burdens. Come check them in with me. Drop them off at my feet and let me give you rest for your souls. And we've made it very clear that the rest that we're talking about in this series isn't a physical rest. And I know that we, we all want that, right? We all want to take naps. We all want to just sit around and not do a whole lot. Maybe it's just me. I love that kind of stuff. But here's what I know. I know that as we begin to rest spiritually, then we become more rested and renewed physically as well. Because everything in life channels through the spiritual realm. And we're going to talk about this morning a very popular passage. We're going to just look at the first three verses of of Psalm 23. And usually Psalm 23 is read at funerals. So what I don't want you to do this morning is to feel like you're at a funeral. Okay, so as we read this, I really want you to read this with me as a celebration of who God is. And then we can be encouraged by the words and the truth from this psalm. So my prayer for us as we go through this, and then as we leave this place today, is that we will truly be spiritually, emotionally, and even physically encouraged to continue pressing forward toward Jesus. And I want us to leave all this busyness and all these things that are just overwhelming our minds and our hearts, I want us to leave those behind this morning. And I truly want us to become the church beyond the 52 Sundays of the year. The church every single day out in the city, in our communities, at work, everywhere we go. I want us to be who God has called us to be. We're going to start in verse 1 of Psalm 23. And this is, again, very familiar. We're just going to read verses 1, 2 in the beginning of verse 3. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Let's pray together. God, I pray that you speak through your spirit this morning. I pray that hearts and lives are changed, that when we leave this place, we do so more renewed, more refreshed, and restored for your glory so we can make an impact 
for the kingdom of God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, here, here's what we have. And what I want to do this morning, it's going to be a lot different than the way that these messages are usually uh, organized and formed. Usually I have about three points. I give those three points. It's really just, it's just ordered that way. But this morning, what I want to do is I want to break this passage apart sentence by sentence. And the first sentence that we see, David says this, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Now listen, when we think about Jesus, there's a lot of other names that we could think about, right? There's a lot of other attributes and characteristics that come to mind. He is a co-creator. He's the savior of the world. He's majestic. He's transcendent. That's who Jesus is. That's, that's the savior that we have. But what David does in this psalm is he brings all that transcendent characteristics and those attributes of Jesus and says, hey, the Lord, he is that big. He is that great, but he's also my shepherd. He's also intimate with me. He cares about me. How many of you could really honestly say, now, don't, I don't want the, the church answer, right? We're really good at that. We're really good at giving the church answers. How many of you have ever given a church answer and didn't mean it at all? Right? Be honest. Let's be honest. All right, thank you. I do that still, right? So I'm going to be honest with you. I still give the church answer sometimes like, yeah, man, I, I'll pray for you. And like, then I forget, right, about them completely. Or, yeah, you know what? You just got to love these people, especially I'm really good at this. If, if Ashley gets mad at somebody and she wants to be mean to them, and I'm like, hey, why don't you show Jesus to them? Why don't you just pray for them, show them Jesus? And she doesn't want to hear that, right, in that moment. And I understand that. I get that. But then the moment I get mad at somebody, it's like, yeah, that goes out the window. Those, those, uh, the counseling is for everybody else, right? It's not for me. And we do that. But here David says, the Lord is my shepherd. Not just the creator, not just the savior. He cares about me on a personal, intimate level. And I really want you to let that sink in this morning. I want you to understand the fact that God loves you specifically. That He cares about you specifically. That it's not just the, the Savior of the world, that He's the Savior of you. And that's how much He cares about you. And that's important for us to understand as we continue to break this down. And we, we see that, so this was, this was written before Jesus came. But we can go to John 10 and we can see that Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. So we can see how even though David didn't really know Jesus, right? Jesus wasn't born yet when this psalm was written. We can see that there's a connection here because Jesus says, yes, so that's me. I'm the good shepherd. And I don't want you to take my word for it. So I want to read just a few verses out of John chapter 10. Starting in verse 1, it says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. And leads them out. Verse 10, 
The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, there's a lot that is said here. What I want us to do is focus on two verses out of this. Verse 3, I want us to look at really closely because we see in verse 3 that it tells us that the sheep will hear the shepherd's voice. And that's great. So if we belong to Jesus, we will hear His voice. That's what Scripture teaches us. However, as you sit in this place today, overwhelmed with the busyness of life, you may be thinking, I never hear that voice. I know I belong to Jesus. Why don't I hear Him? Why can't I figure out what He wants me to do? Why can't I, I take the steps that I know I need to take? Or why do I not even know the steps? This next, if the Bible really tells me that his sheep will hear his voice and I know that I belong to him, I know I have a relationship with him, where, where's it at? Where's his voice? And this is what I want to tell you this morning. Is that the problem isn't that Jesus isn't speaking. The problem is there's a lot of other voices around us. The problem is that we have a a inner self that continuously tells us what it wants to tell us, right? Some people, the inner voice tells them how amazing they are and how they don't need really anything other than themselves because they're just that great. Some people's inner voice says, hey, I know you're not that great, but you're going to act like it anyway, so just act like you're that great and maybe you can finally get there. Some people's inner voice says, hey, you'll never be good enough, so don't even try. So we have that voice constantly speaking to us, but not only that, we have the voice of others around us and the expectations of other people constantly speaking, hey, you have to do this, you should look like this, your house should be this big, your car needs to look like this, you should have this and this, and you really need to take care of this, and these expectations begin to weigh us down and we begin to listen to other voices besides the voice of Jesus. And we allow those other voices to take us in a direction we don't want to go. I want you to understand this morning that the voice you listen to most often determines the direction you end up going. The voice you listen to most often determines the direction you end up going. And if you don't believe me, I want you to think about some of the decisions that you've made that you probably shouldn't have made. Has anybody made a bad decision? Let's just be, yeah, let's just be real honest in conversation mode this morning. Anybody ever made a bad decision? Great. Some people holding feet and hands up. This is amazing. It's the truth, right? People pointing at their wives. Man, this is awesome. Here's the truth. If we could think about those decisions and we think about what led us to those decisions, I can almost guarantee you that the voices that you were listening to weren't the voice of Jesus. Because what we do is we begin to listen to all these other voices and we let them get louder and louder and louder and louder and we get caught in the trap of busyness, we become overwhelmed. And then as the shepherd who loves us 
begins to call out to us and begins to speak to us. And we, we know that we can faintly hear Him, but all these other sounds are too loud. And we allow these other things to lead us in a direction that we don't need to go. And that may be where you are this morning. You may be in that place where there's so many voices speaking to you. And all you want is some rest. All you want is some spiritual renewal. All you want is an intimate relationship with Jesus. And you want all this other stuff to go away. But you sit here and you've tried and you've tried and you've tried and you've tried. And you can never seem to get out of this trap. And you live life overwhelmed. And you live life with a desire to chase Jesus. But you never really take those steps. Because everything else leads you in a different direction. So this morning as we, as we break some of this down, I think that if we really look at this passage, we can see how we can drown out the other voices and really focus on the voice of God. There's, there's two words in this first sentence that I want to point out that I think we have to look at. And these two words are important for us because it shows us the, the personal aspect of this. But David says this again. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. The first word I want us to look at is the word is. Charles Spurgeon said this, a sheep is an object of property, not a wild animal. Its owner sets great store by it and frequently it is bought with a great price. It is well to know, as certainly as David did, that we belong to the Lord. There is a noble tone of confidence about the sentence. There is no if, nor but, nor even I hope so, but he says the Lord is my shepherd. We have the confidence this morning, as a child of God, that the Lord is the shepherd. It's not a, if the Lord is my shepherd, I hope the Lord is my shepherd. No, David says, the Lord is your shepherd. And then Jesus says in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for a sheep. He loves you. He is your shepherd. There is no need to hope for that, we have the confidence that it is true. And we can find rest in the fact that He is the shepherd. The second word is the word my. Spurgeon continues and says, the sweetest word of the whole is that monosyllable my. He does not say the Lord is the shepherd of the world at large and leadeth forth the multitude as His flock. But the Lord is my shepherd. If he be a shepherd to no one else, he is a shepherd to me. He cares for me. He watches over me. And he preserves me. This is a personal thing. And I really want us to get to the place in our life, in our relationship with God, that one, we have the confidence that he is who he says he is. 
And two, we have the, the relationship and the intimacy, the intimacy to say that, yeah, he, he's the Savior of the world, but He's my Savior. He's my shepherd. He's my. He is my. He loves me. He wants a relationship with me. He cares about me. And I know that may sound selfish and it, it may sound self-absorbed, but it's the truth. He cares about you. He loves you. He is your shepherd. He is my shepherd. And if He's no one else's, He's mine. If He's no one else's, He's mine. And then He goes on to say, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Here's what I shall not want means. It means that all my needs are supplied by the Lord, my shepherd. That He supplies everything. Everything that I need, He gives to me. And if we really get honest and real with ourselves, we can say that. And we can mean that. And we know that. And we live in a country that man, we're, the, we're some of the richest people in the entire world. That's the truth. There's people all around the world that don't have near what we have. We're spoiled. We really are. And we take advantage of that. And we forget about the fact that, man, God has blessed us with this. So not only does He supply all our needs, there's a lot of wants and desires that we have as well. So when you get to the place in, in your life where it's just busy and you're overwhelmed, you can go back and say, hey, this stuff really doesn't matter because He supplies everything that I need. I don't need this person to like me. I don't need this person to write a good Facebook post about me. I don't need this many likes on this post. I don't need this many little heart things on Instagram, whatever it is. Okay, I'm not big on social media. We have someone who does that, and she's amazing. If you need some help, I can connect you. She's great. But that's not what life is about. Life's about Jesus and understanding that He's giving us everything that we need. But not only does it say all my needs are supplied by the Lord. Listen to this, and this is where it's really hard for us. I shall not want also means I decide not to desire more than what the Lord my shepherd gives. And I'm going to step on some toes this morning. Because for us to get to the place where we can say I shall not want, I lack nothing, some translations say. We have to make the decision not to want more than what God has given us. And I'm going to say that again. We have to make the decision not to want more than what God has given us. That's our decision to make. If we want to live a life where we say, hey, the Lord is my shepherd. He is and He's mine. And I lack nothing. I shall not want. He supplied everything that I need. And I've decided not to want anything other than what He has given me. You're sitting there like, man, well, I do kind of want some stuff. Is that bad? Like, I wouldn't like my car. is kind of about to die, right? So I kind of do want a new car. I do want this. And here's the thing. God works in a completely different realm, right, than we, than we do. He's a spiritual 
person. It's a spiritual being. And it's hard for us to think on that level. So when we say I'm deciding, I'm deciding that I'm not going to want anything other than what God gives me. We're saying I trust you. We're saying that I know that my car is about to die, but I'm trusting you to handle the situation because if you want me to have another one, I'll have another one. If you want this one to be fixed, it'll be fixed. It doesn't mean that you don't take steps. It doesn't mean that you don't pray about stuff. It doesn't mean that you don't have some kind of plan, right? Next week, we're going to talk about how we have a purpose and how we can really have priorities and that helps us, right? It does help if we have a plan in life not to be so busy, and overwhelmed. But making the decision not to want anything other than what you have from God means that you trust Him. It means that where you are right now, you trust that He knows what's best. And that He's working like only He can work. And He's doing things that only He can do. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then, as we continue, we see that He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Now, this is a, a word picture, right? So sheep, they, they are led by a shepherd. They really have no uh, defense mechanism. The shepherd is all really the defense that they have. They need someone to lead them, and they will continue to go and go and go and go and the shepherd makes them lie down. Because he knows that if he doesn't make them, they will continue to go and go and go. And then how accurate is that for us? Is that Jesus says, hey, if you're weary and burdened, come to me. I want to give you rest. I want your soul to be rested. I want you to be renewed. And we just keep going and going going and going. But we have a Savior who's a shepherd who says, hey, I want you to find some rest. So I'm going to make you lie down in green pastures. I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to lead you beside still waters. And there's a lot of different reasons that the still waters matter. If you listen to, to some people or read about some commentators who write about this, they say that that's just to calm things down, to make things just a little more peaceful. And then some commentators and historians say that sheep can't drink from running water because they'll fall in and they'll drown, which is really sad. So he leads them beside still water so they can actually drink the water. I don't know if you've ever seen a sheep drink out of a running stream and drown. I've never seen that. Not sure I've ever seen a sheep drink at all but here's the deal that this means and it's just a word picture right here that God wants to give us rest he wants you to let go of all this busyness and rest now what he doesn't want is for you to say all right well man I'm following Jesus I love Jesus and he wants me to lay down and he wants me to drink some water. That's all I'm going to do. Like I'm not, I'm not getting up. I'm not doing anything. Like that's not what he's saying, right? He's saying, hey, you need rest for your souls. Take some rest. 
Don't just do, 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 do. And we talk about that a lot here because here's the, here's the problem. And I've admitted to you that I've been here, right, in my own life, and now I have to be intentional about this, is that we can do stuff and we can do ministry so much that we forget about the why. Because the more we do, the more we feel like we're making a difference for the kingdom. And God says, hey, I'm glad that you have the heart to do this. I called you to do this, but I need you to have some rest. I need you to have some rest. Because what happens is, when we lose sight of the why, and we take our eyes off of Jesus, we begin to stumble around. And we're no longer listening to the voice of the shepherd. We're listening to the voice that's all around. And some of you this morning, you have so much going on. God's saying, hey, it's time to rest. Stop trying to do more and just love me more. Listen to me more. Be more intimate with me. And as we finish up, it says He restores my soul. And the Hebrew word for restores here is shub, which means to bring back liveliness, vitality. This is what the Savior does. He injects life where death once reigned. And some of you, as you sit here, as you think about your life, as you think about all the stuff you have going on, you feel like you were dead. Spiritually, emotionally, maybe physically, you just, you're done. You're drained. You have nothing left. And what David says is, hey, this is what the shepherd does. He restores. He brings back life. He brings back vitality. He brings back what was once dead, what was once drained. He brings that back to life. He gives that some energy. He restores you back to the place He wants you to be. It also means that what's been torn down is rebuilt. And some of you, as you sit here, there's some things in your life that have been torn all apart. There's some things in your life that have been torn down. And that's causing you to just be overwhelmed with the things of this world because, man, this, this one aspect that's torn apart, that's broken down, is keeping you from taking those next steps. Of faith. And what David says is, hey, God wants to rebuild what's been torn down. If you've been torn down spiritually, God wants to rebuild that. If you've been torn down because of a relationship, God wants to rebuild your confidence. He wants to rebuild your trust. He wants to rebuild how you interact with people. If you've been torn down because someone has torn you down. He wants to rebuild your encouragement. He wants to rebuild how you live life and how you really go through and speak to people and how you let people in. There's a lot of things that God can rebuild that we cannot. And the amazing part is that He can rebuild something far, far better than we ever had to start with.
But guess what we have to do? Man, we have to listen to His voice. It all goes back to the sheep knowing and listening to the voice of the shepherd. Here's a, a story I found as I was studying. And it says this, during World War I, some soldiers tried to steal a flock of sheep from a hillside near Jerusalem. The sleeping shepherd awoke to find his flock being driven off. He couldn't recapture them by force, so he called out to his flock with his distinctive call. The sheep listened and returned to their rightful owners. The soldiers couldn't stop the sheep from returning to their shepherd because of his voice. Listen, there's a lot of voices that are trying to steer you and lead you away from God. And God is calling out this morning with His distinctive call. And His distinctive call is the call of love. He says, I love you. You are mine. You are my sheep. Please come back to me. He's calling you. And as these other voices are leading you away, you have a decision to make. You can listen to the voice of your shepherd and you can go back to where you belong. Or you can continue walking away and living life apart from an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. Man, the decision is yours this morning. You know, my prayer is that we all listen to the voice of God as He stands as our shepherd and says, I love you. I died for you. I'm the good shepherd. And, and what does the good shepherd do? He lays down his life for his sheep. I laid down my life for you. For you. For each and every one of you. And there's some of you that are in this room that, man, you're running away from God. You're listening to all these other voices. You're overwhelmed and you don't know why. You're trapped in this cycle of busyness and you don't know how to get out. And the way to get out is to listen to the voice of the shepherd. The good shepherd. The shepherd who loves you. And it's time for some of you to stop pretending. And if you've been here long enough and you know me, you know that when I say that, I know what that looks like because I've been there. Right? I've been in a place where, man, all I did was pretend. And I wasn't chasing after Jesus. And, and God, He showed me, hey, I love you and I'm calling after you. Come back to me. And man, praise God that I have victory through Jesus and that I was able to, to make the decision to follow after the shepherd who loves me. So this morning as we close, I just want everyone to bow your head and close your eyes. I'm not going to ask anyone to come forward. I'm just, I want to know where you are so I can pray for you this morning. If you're in this place and you're just feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling busy and you, you've been listening to all these other voices and you're walking away from Jesus, day by day by day, you're getting farther and farther and farther away. If that's you this morning, will you just raise your hand so I can pray 
for you and with you. Thank you. Anybody else? If you're here this morning and you're saying, man, you know what? It sounds good that Jesus is the good shepherd and the sheep can hear his voice, but I'm not sure that I'm really one of his sheep. I'm not sure that I've ever followed after him. I've never made a decision to have an intimate, personal relationship with him. And this morning, I want to be a part of the flock. I want to follow after Jesus. If that's you this morning, will you just raise your hand? Thank you. Let's pray together. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.